Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Reverend Stephanie Redfeather, and we're going to be talking about her brand-new deck, the Empath Activation Card, Discover Your Cosmic Purpose, presenting high-vibration activational messages This Oracle deck and book set is designed to help you remember your true nature as a being of light, access your cosmic mission, and raise your vibratory frequency. Reverend Stephanie Redfeather hand-painted the art on each of the 44 full-color cards imbued with sacred geometric symbols and patterns from nature and the cosmos. To serve as a tool of inspiration from source you need in the moment. The art is also intentionally embedded with activational frequencies to help you turn on your light code, retrieve ancient wisdom stored in your soul's memory from enlightened time, and transmit signals from source, which land like seeds in the mind and flower into higher knowledge. Reverend Stephanie Redfeather is the founder and director of Blue Star Temple, an ordained shamanic minister. She holds a bachelor's degree in applied mathematics and a master's and doctorate degrees in shamanic studies from Venus Rising University. And she's also the author of The Evolutionary Empath. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.bluestartemple.org. Okay, with that, I'd like to welcome Stephanie to the show. Good day, Stephanie. Hi, Robert. Thanks so much. It is my pleasure. And, and we'll, we'll start right off by letting listeners know that um, after Stephanie, Stephanie and I talk a bit about her, her new deck, um, we will be taking um, a question from callers. So um, if you'd like to call in at 619-789-4359, feel free to do so, and we'll get to that in a short time. Okay, so, Stephanie, um, I'd like to, since this is bringing inspiration, I, I like to try to start with, you know, what inspired, what inspired you to create this empath activation deck? Yeah, well, after the evolutionary empath, which is just, a, a book, <laughs> not just a book, but, you know, a book, <laughs> I wanted to do something. <laughs> it's like my, my spirit guides are saying, okay, let's do something a little bit different for the next work. And I just kept getting an Oracle deck. And what's interesting is I was ready to write this about an, a year before I actually did. And part of it was just, you know, not having done it before there were some details to sort out, like, do I find the artist? Does my publisher find the artist? Do I pay the artist? Does my publisher pay the artist? You know, like all of those logistics. I wasn't sure how all that was supposed to work. I had no intention of doing the artwork. (laughs) 
And I had a reading with my medium uh, in January of 2020. And she said, well, Steph, you're supposed to do the artwork. So uh, with that, um, that opened up the, the whole vision of the deck. Because I am an artist. I just don't lead with that. And so mm-hmm. it just, everything started coming through. I got clarity about the types of subject matter I wanted to introduce. I was given a vision of the artwork where if you, if you have the deck and you happen to spread out all 44 cards and look at them at the same time, you'll notice that they all have either circles or dots. And that is very specific because those are the, the geometric symbols that wanted to act as the transmission vehicles, if you will, of this, uh, of these, of the codes, of the messages. Um, so that's, that's kind of how all this got started. Wow. That, that, it's funny, you know, that, uh, you know, I mean, I understand the idea of trying, you know, putting things together, starting something brand new and just trying to get the lay of the land and how things work and what's typical and, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it, but it, it's interesting that, you know, once you got the, kind of the message for you to do the artwork, it, it seems that it just kind of, that you, you kind of gave permission for it to, to go ahead and accept that as part of the, the journey. Yes, yes. And so I was joking that when this came out, it was kind of like having twins because not only was I introducing my next work of writing, I was introducing my first foray, you know, as a as an artist as well. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, boy. Um, so let's start with um, empath. Um, you know, we, you did mention um, the evolutionary empath, and I, I believe we had a show on that um, previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us, you know, for people who may not have tuned into that show or um, are kind of tuning in for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the idea of like what an empath is and, and are these cards just for empaths? Yeah, so let me answer that last question first. These cards are, are for whoever they call to. <laughs> so... You know, my my belief is one of the things that I talk about in the evolutionary empath is that empaths are not an anomaly. We're not a mistake. We're not crazy. That we are here on purpose to help humanity ascend to the next level of consciousness. So that's kind of a, a collective mission, if you will. And... Um, you know, so that of course ties ties in with the cards, but but it's really it's and we can talk about this in a question if you want to go further into it. I, I created an overlay with the deck that yes, you can use the oracle deck like you would any traditional deck, but I also gave it a second overlay, a second way to interact with it um, that is really about helping people. Um, interact with the mysteries of higher consciousness and and raise their frequency. So the deck is for anybody who is on the spiritual path, anybody who is a sensitive soul, anybody who is looking to work more intimately with the 5D frequencies. 
So yeah. to, to answer the question of what is an empath, um, mm-hmm. when I wrote The Evolutionary Empath, the only directive I got from my spirit guides was create a definition. And so, of course, <laughs> all right, sure, no pressure. Because, <laughs> you know, empath is a, yeah, it's a term yeah. that's been in spiritual circles for decades now. But I, I had never seen anybody actually try to define it. And so in my book, I spend a couple chapters going through that process. And and one of the major components of the definition that I'd like to share is what I've distilled down as the five qualities of an empath. And so the, the first quality is the ability to merge with and absorb the energy of other beings, whether that's, you know, people, animals, anything with life force. And this comes from us having a naturally very open personal energy field so the, the double-edged sword of this quality uh, is that it, you know, what causes us to unconsciously take on other people's emotions and problems and to have issues with boundaries, right? So we're, we're really good at merging and being sponges, but it's really challenging for us to figure out where we end and the next person begins. Um, the, the second quality is a highly sensitive nervous system. And so that may sound kind of like, well, duh, that's what nervous systems are supposed to be. <laughs> but, but for empaths, it's like somebody turns the dial up 200% for us. Um, so it, it really can make us prone to overwhelm and overstimulation, which in turn requires extra vigilant self-care. The third quality of an empath is the great sensitivity that we have to the energies around us and an ability to perceive or access subtle information that's stored in those energy fields. So this is the quality that makes it easiest for tune into the, to tune into the unseen realms, you know, seeing apparitions, talking to the dead, accessing the Akashic records, being a medium, paranormal experiences, all of those sorts of things, because we're, we're so in touch Uh, and and more easily able to communicate with these other dimensions. The fourth quality is the premium that we place on peace and harmony, and that is in our relationships, our environment, our own energy field. Uh, And so we want things to be as stress-free, calm, and harmonious as possible. And the fifth and final quality is our big open hearts and a desire to serve others, which often makes us inclined towards careers that are focused on service, but it also makes us inclined towards overgiving and putting ourselves last on the list. So, you know, all of these qualities have their unhealthy expressions, which most of us have experienced in the early years of our life before we realized we were an empath. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and I'm sure there are people out there that have, um, experience those qualities and maybe weren't able to kind of wrap their arms around, you know, kind of what it was. And, and, you know, just knowing that um, you have the ability to absorb, sponge like, you know, um, energy around you. And um, it's important to have those boundaries and protections so that, uh, you know, it doesn't stay with you, you know, and that, that, that mm-hmm. uh, their feelings don't become your feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now the 
the card that says Ampass Activation. So is activation, you, you mentioned something about kind of a participatory aspect to the, the deck and cards. Is, is mm -hmm. that what you say activation? Is that what is utilized for activation? Well, we, we can think of activation as, you know, having multiple definitions that's really personalized, if you will, to the person that each person that interacts with the deck. And so my belief is that, you know, as, a, as an artist, as a writer, whenever we create something, it is alive. It is sentient in its own way. It has a consciousness. And so my prayer every time I sat down to either create art or write was, you know, please let me just be a channel. Let me be the pass through so that the, the highest frequency can come through uh, and be preserved on these pages and on these images. And so that whoever's hands they rest in, they can deliver the precise prescription just for that person, you know, that mm -hmm. there's an intelligence to the deck. And of course, you know, what is an oracle deck? It's a divinatory tool. It's a way to divine or connect with the unseen realms. And so if you're intending to receive messages from source, from your soul, from your spiritual team, and you come into conscious relationship with this deck, it will activate in you whatever is needed, whether that's a, a remembering of something or, or a past life or just giving you a validation or a, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, the deck is 44 cards, and they're broken down into four initiatory paths. Can you, can you talk mm -hmm. to us a, a bit about that? Yes. And so this is what I was alluding to. When I, when I created this deck, I wanted to make it more than just a typical Oracle deck. And by typical deck, I mean, you know, I, I love Oracle decks. I probably have 25 or 30 <laughs> of them. So I use them all the time. And, you yeah. know, you go to an Oracle deck, you can pull a card for the day or you know, if there's an issue you're having or, you know, relationship guidance or whatever, you know, all those different ways that we traditionally interact with an oracle. But what I also created was it, it, there's a layout, a progression, if you will, so that you could read the book that comes with it from front to back and it would serve as a self-guided initiation into the mysteries of higher consciousness. And so when uh, I was coming to completion of creating the art and the messages, they began to organize themselves into these four groups, if you will, four, four groups of 11, which then became those initiatory paths. And so if you actually go into the book, into the table of contents, it has the different initiatory paths. And so I'll just read uh, the titles of each so you can get a feel for them. So the first initiatory path is healing, holing, and practices for embodiment. The second initiatory path is light body expansion and tools of mastery over your perception and experience. Initiatory path three is activating higher consciousness the astral plane, and tools of multidimensionality. 
And initiatory path four is cosmic mission, star relatives, and your power as co-creator with divinity. So you can tell just by listening to those titles that as you move through the four initiatory paths, the frequency raises, right? The first one is more like just earth school, human experience, 3D type stuff. But as you move up in the paths, the, the frequency raises, the perspective gets broader. It becomes more multidimensional until it hits the, the fourth path, which is kind of the, the biggest, most expansive one. And so each of the 11 cards in each of those four different paths all relate um, to those titles, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, um, I've been using the deck, you know, for the, I think about last week since I've had it. And, um, and it's just been very interesting. There were a couple days in a row that I got the same card, <laughs> even after mm-hmm. shuffling. And uh, that was raise your vibrancy. So I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. Um, and it's funny because after the second time it was, then I just um, became aware, more aware of, you know, certain times when the, the vibration may have felt low, um, that it just popped in and, and I just kind of, you know, put my attention to raising it. So that that was a good thing. And, mm-hmm. and then today I got, I got megalithic gateway uh, and uh, that one, which is a part in path three, um, we talk about astral plane, and just yesterday I found a, a wonderful guided meditation about astral travel, which I haven't done in a long time. So um, it seems very timely, you know, very Yeah, supportive. perfect. Yeah, exactly. So uh, now at the end of each message is um, like a, a practice or a ritual or an invocation or, you know, something to do. Um, so can you tell us about, you know, what you, yeah, why you placed those there and give us maybe an example of a couple of favorites? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in addition to the message, I wanted to give the reader a little something extra, uh, a way to engage with the message or start to embody it and work with it. And so like you said, some of them have a, a ritual or an idea for ceremony or a, a, a journaling activity, a guided process, or incantations. And so the incantations are my favorite part only because that was not part of the vision. I had no idea that I was going to write those until early on in the process. I was working on one of the messages, got the message done. I'm like, okay, what's the activity going to be? And this incredible poem you know which i'm calling an incantation they're they're really poems right they're they're rhyming phrases but they're incantations that are meant to be spoken out loud in a declarative way to uh marshal the forces of the universe if you will and so uh they they're really just got me all excited because I was like, I didn't know this was going to happen. And and so at least I think about half of the cards uh, have incantations with them. And they're, they're really, really powerful uh, to read out loud. Um, 
So I I don't know if I could tell you which one is my favorite. They're kind of just the whole idea of them, I think, is just my yeah. favorite part of the deck. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting. You know, as I read through some of them, you you can recognize um, the, the power of sound. You know, I'm, I read them, you know, my mind, you know, and um, and then I read them aloud, and it, and it does seem that the reading on the sound vibration um, really, I guess, I don't want to say amps it up, but it, it just kind of, mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, it makes it declarative, you know, that that's going yeah. to be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that mm-hmm. I mean that makes sense, right? Because our our voice. Right, it's 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 adding an additional vibration. So when you said amplify, that's exactly what it's doing. Saying saying something out loud causes you to speak and use your voice. Your vocal cords vibrate. There's a there's a frequency that you're sending out. There's a resonance that is felt through your whole body whenever you speak. And so speaking these, that's why you know, incantations or, or intention statements or proclamations are, are so powerful when read out loud. Yeah, yeah, very much. So now, what, what, is it, uh, what is it that you hope the, the users um, of this deck, what, what are some of the benefits that you hope that they pull from this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sort of tongue-in-cheek, we're all ascending, uh, whether we want to or not. So it's just a matter of choosing if we're going to go willingly or if we're going to go kicking and screaming. And so uh, my my hope is that this deck helps the reader to more consciously engage their own ascension process, right? Because each one has chose to be here on planet Earth right now at this point in space-time on purpose. And so, you know, anything that we can do to become more aware and more conscious and and be a conscious, um, consciously interact, if you will, with, um, with the ascension process that is affecting the whole planet, the, the easier and more graceful it will be. Yeah. Now, you know, when it comes to the the path, you know, you, when you talk about that, um, mm-hmm. are we, I mean, obviously each person has their own unique path, um, but does one um, tend to maybe fall more in line with a particular one? Uh, you know, for example, I'm, obviously we, we will experience all four, you know, at different periods of the time. Um, but, right. you know, is, is that, um, like, for example, if I happen to be getting a lot of threes, you know, for a period where I got a couple, um, does that mean that's where a lot, you know, the, the idea of being the activating higher consciousness, astral plane, and multidimensionality, does that mean that it's, um, my energy is residing more in that particular path, on, on that particular path? You know what I mean? Is it, um, or is it uh, yeah. just a mixture? So, <laughs> yeah, my, my answer would be yes and no. Um, so, 
So while these paths are laid out linearly, you know, and they, they do have a progression to them in terms of, you know, generally moving towards a higher frequency, a broader experience, we are multidimensional beings and we reside in all the dimensions simultaneously. <laughs> so in a way, we are, we're, it's just a big spiral. You know, one day we might be smack squarely in the middle of our 3D stuff, <laughs> right? right? Just dealing with right. paying the bills and getting groceries and getting the car repaired and all of those things. Right. And then the next day right. we might have the most incredible peak experience. And, you know, so we go up and down, back and forth, around and around through the spiral. The spiral. So, you know, it may be that if you're working with the cards regularly and you're getting a bunch of cards that are all in a particular path, it may be that that is what is a focus for you right now, that for whatever reason, your, your soul, your spiritual team is, is having you focus uh, or, or taking you through, you know, some schooling, if you will, or um, taking you through some experiences that are uh, of a similar piece. But that doesn't mean, you know, and then the next day you could just be back. Right. You know, so I, I don't want people to, to look at it as, comparison like oh i'm further than you or i'm better than you or i'm higher than you or you know what i mean because we're we're all it's like it's one of the i'll I'll use this example it's like walking in a labyrinth it's one of the um analogies that i love is if you've ever been in a labyrinth with other people you have no idea if they're ahead of you or behind you if you're (laughs) right which direction they're going are they coming in are they going out all you know is they're in the labyrinth with you. And that's, you know, kind of my best explanation of these different paths. Okay. Okay. That, that sounds good. Well, well, we're about halfway through the show, so I want to take a quick break. And then when we come back, uh, we do have a caller in the queue. And so uh, we'll go ahead and, and take your question, and then we can see the deck in action. <laughs> okay? All right. Okay, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Dr. Reverend. Stephanie Redfeather, and we are talking about her new deck, Empath Activation Card, Discover Your Cosmic Purpose. Again, you can find out more about the deck and more about Reverend Stephanie and her website with the www.bluestartemple.org. Okay, with that, we're back, Stephanie. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay, great. So uh, we do have a caller, and, and thank you for, for um, taking the call. But this is a great way, I think, to be able to demonstrate kind of how, you know, your cards work. So the caller we have Absolutely. is Allison from Florida. Allison? Hi, Allison. Hi there. I, I, uh, I saw you uh, – um, I saw that the show was coming up today, and it's kind of really interesting. I went to a website, and the cards looked really – um, just really, really evocative, and and in pretty 
really arty. So which one is it? Call it? I couldn't I couldn't not call it. <laughs> so I felt <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So do you have uh, so, in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, Allison, uh, I, I can pull a yeah. card for you if you just want to oh. quickly share with me what you're um, holding as a vision for what you would like support around. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to answer that because I think these, these cards are more of a what I would call, an, the, correct me if I misunderstood, but they seem like they are more of your, what I would call your essence or your life, sort of your life uh, not past, but you know, present in life, or do they do that? Can they uh, focus on a particular concern that or interest that one has at the moment? Yeah, good question. You can use them however your intuition leads. You can use them like traditional oracle decks, and so if you've mm-hmm. got a question or a concern, you can pull a card for that. I do okay. have some suggested layouts at the beginning of the book as well. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, in that case, because um, I've worked quite a lot with different kinds of cards as well, and, and um, so thanks so much for for explaining that. So in that case, I will definitely go for a, a, um, an, a, a current concern, which is, uh, some upcoming, well, actually next week is um, a, a surgery that's uh, very, um, well, it's this important surgery. It's, it's not going to be the last surgery in a series, but it's the first. And it's it's pretty, pretty big. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I was shuffling while you were talking. I was tuning into your energy and calling in mm-hmm. your spirit guides and mm-hmm. so the card that I pulled is number 15, which is mm-hmm. mental discipline. And okay. so I'm going to, uh, the messages mm-hmm. are somewhat long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. So I'm going okay. to read just a little bit and then mm-hmm. uh, kind of summarize from there. Okay. And so the, the card says, dearest child of the stars, we know how distracting earth life can be for humans with so many obligations, responsibilities, and diversions, so many choices, so much stimulation, so many forms of communication and sources of information, everything vying for your attention. Consistency and self-restraint are challenging and hard to achieve in your spiritual and energy practices without incredible discipline and determination. Mind training is an important aspect of the spiritual practice required for you to evolve in consciousness. The oracle of mental discipline comes to you now to encourage you to prioritize, focus, and engage in regular mind training practices. And so what I'm going to summarize about the rest of this is... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, in, in modern society, we tend to place a lot of emphasis on thinking and intellect and the left brain. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a result, we tend to think the mind is everything. But in truth, the mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. <laughs> and, you know, the, the heart is really meant to lead but what I'm also hearing, since this is specifically around a surgery, is be very diligent 
in your self-care, in drawing your boundaries about what you choose to let into your field or into your sphere. You know, so if you if you've had surgery before or if you just think about taking care of, you know, a child that's been sick or anybody, you know, you're very protective. It's like we, we want to give that person time to heal. We don't want them to be distracted. We don't want to give them so much stimulus that they're using precious life force that they need to be healing. And so what I'm hearing this card saying for you is to be very focused and disciplined into what you choose to allow into your space, into your energy field, so that you can really focus on your healing. So tell me how that's landing for you. Yeah, that that definitely, because, because it is such a major event um, and long, long overdue, I, I should add. This is about two years mm-hmm. in the making, so it's beyond time for it. So there is a lot of... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, um, selectivity, I, I think, is a good word for mm-hmm. for every aspect <laughs> of this, um, mm-hmm. you know, down to the, you know, who's doing the surgery. I mean, just every detail. I'm a, I, I do astrology personally, and, and I'm a Pisces. Oh, yeah. so I, have, I, have, I, do, I have a lot <laughs> of Pisces in my chart, but I, I have a Virgo moon. And so, you know, that tends to be extremely uh, pragmatic and detail-oriented. Right, and detail, detail. Which mm-hmm. is definitely, mm-hmm. definitely uh, helpful in this situation. Um, so I, I feel it really does land. I, I understand that I'm going to, the recovery period itself, it's not just the surgery, but it's the recovery period because there's more surgeries coming up. So this mm-hmm. is just one of a series. And so, so the recovery periods are as equally, if not more so, well, they're they're yes, equally important so. to the to the actual surgery itself, um, mm-hmm. and I'm aware of that and and the discipline that those are going to require, uh, very very disciplined, uh, very uh, methodical, and in certain stages of recovery mm-hmm. that must be adhered to. Um, my concern around that, just that particular part of it, this came through came through as I was listening to to your card reading, was that um, I'm actually 100%. I'm 100% on my own right here. Right here. I, I live in a new town. I live in a new state. Just moved here actually, partly to get this surgery across the country. I'm going. I'm almost 65. I have no friends. I have no family. I have no support in any sense of the word that once I get home for the recovery, I am 100% on my own. And that is very, 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 actually, you know what, that bothers me more than the surgery does. It's because mm-hmm. the, kind of in keeping with the card, I, I can I can arrange my environment post-surgery, of course, you know, <laughs> can't do it in the hospital, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, but I can, I can arrange my environment and, and practice that. Uh, that selectivity of who, who I let into my space, but the truth of the matter is, there is no one coming into my space, and that is heartbreaking to me. And mm-hmm. I see potentially extremely um, detrimental because it, um, I have really strong isolation and depression issues in my life mm-hmm. that I deal with on a daily basis. And this is it's like, I, I wish my life were so different that I had somebody who could just, you know, be with me. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, I'm very independent. I'm not saying, it's not like I'm not accustomed <laughs> to being alone. I was born alone. 
I was forced into isolation really young. So it's a theme that is really working against me in this particular time. So that's that's why I was that's kind of a little bit long winded, but it, but I wanted to kind of address it because it's kind of a two layer, you know. Yeah, I can be selective about my creating my recovery environment, but the fact of the matter is, what I really need, I can't get, and that's that's the really sad part of all this. Yeah. Well, you know, you you will be getting, you know, I mean, there will be people around you. You know, and, and now, granted, you know, recovery period might might be different. But I think, you know, the whole idea is just to be very um, aware of, you know, because in a sense that you're, uh, you're, you have like the ultimate um, intervention, you know, as far as a boundary with surgery. You know, I mean, you know, that's something coming right into your body. So I think, you know, the whole right. idea is. Uh, is to uh, um, just be be aware, you know, be aware of, of the different energies. And, and you know, it, now, and this is just, I don't know, Stephanie, you can kind of maybe add into it, you know, the thought about, you know, the being alone and, and the depression aspect. I'm a Pisces myself there, uh, Allison, so I know the, the plight of Pisces. But, um, you know, the, the thing I think is, which is most important is, I think is is that um, the the defining of boundaries. I mean, I guess you know the fact is that you're going to be, you know, in in a recovery mode, um, and you know there are certain things that need to be taken care of, which will involve um, certain people. So, um, you know, I, I get I, I I've always looked at recovery times as being reflective times for me. You know, I mean, in a way, I'm just forced into um, reflection, you know, I mean, and, you know, and I think at that time, a lot of healing can be done. Well, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're mm-hmm. saying, but in, in this particular situation and with my particular life story and everything else that's involved in, in the backstory you know, and, and just all of these yeah. injuries and everything. You know, it's just not, reflection time is not actually, I actually, over, I, I spend more time in reflection time <laughs> than is a healthy. And I will, I don't know, it's always been like that. It's just that I've always been a really perspective person. I was forced into being, you know, again, just a lot of it's just my own story of, of not having, of, of being forced into, you know, into that kind of isolation. And, and you know, I'm naturally intuitive and introspective anyway. So there, there can be too yep. much of that in life. There can be, there can be a point where that's actually not, yeah, I would say more people need that. More people yep. need that. Half of that. <laughs> I need, I need engagement. I need people. You know, I need the opposite yeah. of that. I, I need, and I need just you know, stupid people filling the space. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. You know, frivolous people. I don't mean that. I mean quality interaction. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's my response now, to that. So. <laughs> and I and I will just yeah. end that by saying that you know we're going to talk about frivolous conversation. I and I know what you mean. You know that you want really you know more. Um, uh, a deeper connection with some of the interactions, but frivolous, you know, interaction can be very helpful, can be very healing. Um, you oh, know, yeah. Not every has, you know, has to be. So, 
So, you know, look at those yeah. as opportunities, you know. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, true. But, okay, yeah. let, let, I can do true for a little bit, you know. And, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, you'll, you'll get a um, – I think that will help, you know, when it comes time to that, uh, you know, boundaries and interactions and that kind of thing. But anyway, so we wish you well, Allison, with your surgery. Hope it all goes well. Yes, blessings to you, Allison. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, it's really hard, um, Stephanie, sometimes to, uh, you know, in, in this particular case, you know, um, uh, Allison was talking about, you know, boundaries and talked about boundaries. Now, you know, and it seems, you know, that the empath also has to be very aware of boundaries. Um, so it, mm-hmm. it seems like um, that's kind of what, you know, everybody is going through, I mean, right now. Yeah, it, well, and it's tricky because with the pandemic, there is this sort of forced isolation and uh, kind of making all of us slow down to a certain degree to look at our own loneliness. And a lot of times in that silence, it's very uncomfortable because that's when all of our unresolved wounds and issues uh, get our attention. Cause a lot of times we stay busy on purpose so we don't have to deal with them. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's, it, it's, it's a little bit of, of all of that. We are all being pushed to our limits in a, in a variety of ways. And, you know, good boundaries can be applied externally, but sometimes the indication is to apply them internally, meaning where do you need to set a boundary with yourself? Or mm-hmm. where do you need to... Um, uh, you know, because the way we talk, a lot of times we don't realize how abusive we are and how we speak to ourselves in our head. Or we look at our habits and they're, you know, destructive or we're not very good at self-care. So that's what I mean by applying boundaries with ourselves inwardly. So it, it goes in both yeah. directions. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, now, I noticed on your website that um, – you know, which is bluesstartemple.org, um, that some of the um, work services that you offer, um, healing and coaching packages, ministerial services, but also shamanic breathwork. Can you tell us a little bit about your um, shamanic experience? Yeah. Um, so let me just give props. To one of my teachers, Linda Starwolf, actually created shamanic breathwork. It is trademarked, and I'm a uh, certified shamanic breathwork practitioner. Um, but the the shamanic path in general, I think, is what you're what you're asking about. And you know, for me, I I think I always gravitated towards that way of being and living in the world. Uh, you know, when I was young. I grew up in the 70s, and I don't know if you remember the little crocheted drawstring bags uh, that were all popular then, but 
I had one and it was full of rocks and sticks and bits of this and a piece of that. And, you know, when I look back, it's like I was a, I was a little medicine woman before I even knew what that was. Right. I had my little amulets and all my little magical elements and I'd go play with the trees and all of that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's the, the shamanic path is about recognizing that the entire world is sentient and, communicating and that we are part of a living breathing organism that is the earth and all of its environments and we are energetically <laughs> connected to all of it that, that it's all part of the the web of life and so to me these practices uh just seem natural the the recognition of these unseen realms these other dimensions of consciousness these other dimensions where other beings reside the angels the fairies the archangels the animal totems you know for me it's it's just part of life that all of these things are part of our bigger community and so that um, has also been a field of study for me. I uh, practice in a Peruvian tradition of shamanism called the Pachacuti Mesa tradition. Uh, I've studied, you know, other types of shamanism, and it just um, it just feels right in my soul. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been fascinated with with it, you know, with with the practices um, and the. Um, I'm just trying to think of the right word, but the ability to trans, um, transform, but, you know, it's to experience out of the world, um, have out, out of the world experiences, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I'm not sure how, how to phrase this as, as far as the fact that you're, you're kind of going beyond the physical and, and, and looking at these different worlds as, you know, part of the picture, you know, because mm-hmm. in, in today's world, there's in today's world, I mean, unless you're, you know, really in the shamanic or um, um, there are, aren't very many people in the scheme of things that will have the appreciation of the multi-world view. Mm-hmm. So I mean I, I don't do you do you feel that maybe there is uh, what, what's the temperature out there? Do you think people are getting more um, or less um, aware um, or, or welcoming of that multi-world being part of the picture? Mm-hmm. You know I I believe that more and more people are waking up every day to their true nature, uh, realizing that they are more than just a human body. You know, one of my favorite quotes is that we're not uh, humans having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so there is way more to us than this physical being that we see in the mirror. And so it is, you know, exponentially people are waking up and, realizing that maybe what they've been taught doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. land for them or there's some pieces missing in their ex, 
exploring, they're seeking, they're, they're looking, they're trying to find, you know, a, the, the bigger picture answer. Um, and simultaneously, it may be challenging to believe, you know, look at all of the chaos in the world. How can we possibly be raising in consciousness? But the brighter the light, the stronger the shadow in a way. And so, it, you know, there's, there's this, um, how do I want to say this? It's it kind of a natural phenomenon that all of these things, the shadow, if you will, the collective shadow of humanity are individual shadows when enough light is being shown, right, when the frequency raises enough, it's almost like those shadow pieces cannot hide any longer. They're almost literally vibrated up to the surface to the light of consciousness to be revealed and healed. And so that is also what is happening. So on the one hand, we have all of this individual and collective shadow that is coming up to be worked through and transmuted while at the same time people are waking up to um, you know the reality that there's that they are just bigger they're more there's more to them than just their body <laughs> yeah yeah well you know, yeah I agree yeah the, um, the that awareness of there's more to the to us in the body you know I guess that would probably be the first step to recognizing um, that there are other worlds of the world is part of our, our mm-hmm. greater collective. Um, and yeah, and I, and I, you know, that idea of that uh, brightness and, and, the, and the, the shadow, my feeling all along has been from, you know, the, the last couple of years experiences is, is that uh, it was that shadow, you know, was, was, was a lot of shadow showing up, you know, for people, you know, in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and it really kind of, I, yeah, I think it just shook people up. It's kind of like bringing a new light into the picture, you know, that, uh, you know, shows, creates new shadows or, or even highlights some shadows. But um, in the end, um, you know, I think, you know, the greater awareness is the benefit that we all get in the, in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my goodness. Well, I really love your cards, Stephanie. They're really good. I've, I've had you. a lot of fun using them, uh, and and they will be part of my you know go-to card. Uh, but I, you know, I, I do like that added um, benefit, the activation aspect of you know that that you put into the cards and the activities um, and, and incantations. I think those. Um, I'm probably like many people who, you know, sometimes my creativity and application of what I've learned is stifled. So, so it's really good to have uh, something to go to, to put things into into practice. And, and uh, so, anyway, I, I enjoyed that part of your your guidebook as, as well. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. So, is, are, are there any last words, maybe, that you have for listeners, or maybe something that we haven't covered, or some things that you have up and coming that we haven't covered? 
Yeah, um, yeah. I just want to reiterate that there is no right or wrong way to use these cards, right? These are uh, they're they're conscious, intelligent, living beings, if you will, and simply through your intention. Um, you will be connecting to your own spiritual team and there's no right or wrong way to do a layout. There's no right or wrong way to pull out a card, no right or wrong question to ask. So trust your intuition as to how you are led to use these cards. Um, What Mm -hmm. I would like to add is uh, for many months now, I have known that I wanted to offer a mystery school based on these cards, working with these cards. And it's been a little bit tricky over the last few months to pick the date because there's been some industry-wide shipping delays. And so the the on-sale date for the deck got delayed, and then there's the overseas on-sale date tend to be two to four to six weeks later than the U.S. And so taking all of that into account... (laughs) I have finally settled upon a date, uh, which is February 4th. And so if you go to my website, you're not going to see it yet uh, because I'm still developing it and getting everything uh, ready for it. But if, uh, you know, being a part of a mystery school of working with the energies of higher consciousness, but also the practicality of how to to ground that and, and make it real in your daily life, what I would invite you to do is to just go to my website and subscribe to my mailing list, and that way you can stay in touch with um, upcoming events, and I'll have announcements about the Mystery School, um, and that way you won't miss out. That's great. Well, February 4th is very significant for me. I have had many <laughs> of, of beginning project-type things start on February 4th over the last, you know, 30 years. So, um, wow. it's very interesting. All dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, well, it's it is specifically the cross quarter, so that's why I chose it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, very yeah. good. Well, Stephanie, I really want to thank you for your time today. I've enjoyed talking with you, and again, I enjoy your deck and will continue to use it and, and tell others about it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome again, everyone. Today, my special guest. You've been listening to the Bringing My my very special guest has been Dr. Reverend Stephanie Redfeather, and we have been talking about her new deck, the Empath Activation Card: Governing Your Cosmic Purpose. And again, you can find out more about the cards as well as her other. Um, other options, uh, her shop, and, and more at her website, which is www.bluestartemple.org. And now I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Her Show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, Tune in, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light 
by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touched.